Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So, my definition is that a parable is an exaggerated story. It didn't really happen, but it's told to make a point. And parables often have a surprise in them somewhere, and you don't really know what they're about, maybe until the end. And then the surprise is that it's about you, that you're involved in the parable, you're in the story somewhere. So today we're going to look at one of the most famous parables, perhaps, that Jesus told. And the point, I believe, is this. Start with the end in mind. Now, um, Franklin Covey, Stephen Covey, the seven habits of highly effective people, number two of the habits is that, begin with the end in mind. He says that rather than just living by pressures, if you're going to live by priorities in your life, you have to think, where's this heading? Where is these decisions that I'm making, the things that I'm doing, where are they headed? And is it a place that I want to end up? Um, so when I say start with the end in mind, I don't just mean in a sense of your business or personal life. I'm actually even looking beyond that end, and this parable helps us to think about that, the real end, the, 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 when Jesus returns. That's what this uh, story is really all about. Because for the last few weeks, churches everywhere all over the world have remembered and celebrated the first coming of Jesus Christ. Kids dress up and we have nativities and we sing carols and we um, tell the story about Mary and Joseph and the wise men and all of those different kinds of things. But in the middle of it all, we can actually forget that the last thing that was said about Jesus when he went was, in the same way as he went, he's going to come back. So you need to be ready for him coming back. In fact, when you look through the Bible, yes, there are a few passages, there are a few chapters in, in some Gospels of the Bible that talk about Jesus' first coming. But the second coming of Jesus is actually mentioned directly or indirectly in every single part of the New Testament. In every book of the New Testament. Because the, the writers wanted us to know, just as surely as he came 2,000 years ago, as we just celebrated, he will come again. He's going to come back. So what it's, Jesus is saying here is, let's start with that end in mind. Let's keep that end in mind. Keep, live our lives expecting Jesus is imminent, which means soon, and be ready for his return. Do we know exactly when he's coming back? No, we don't know when he's coming back. People always ask that question. They always want to know, well, when, when is Jesus coming back? We wouldn't be the first people to ask that question. We don't know when, but we do know this. The Bible says, we are closer now than when we first believed. So 2018 will be closer to Jesus' return than 2017 was. I know it sounds obvious, but it's good to bear that in mind. The question is, are we ready? Will we be ready? Are we living ready? How can we be ready in the meantime? As I said, we're not the first people to ask the when are you coming, when's Jesus coming back question. In fact, that was asked by his disciples while he was still with them. Before he'd even gone, they were asking, when are you going to come back? And um, to get them ready for that, Jesus didn't give them dates, but he told them stories. And one of them was this story of the parable of the talents. And you can see as I read it through, it can break down into four different parts. There's the master's resources, the master's return, the master's rewards, and the master's rebuke. If we can put those on. 
And I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 25. And this is Jesus talking. This is the story. He says, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted, that's an important word, his money to them while he was gone. He gave five talents to one, two talents to another, and one talent to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left to go on his trip. That's the master's resources. I'm going to give some resources out. Um, in fact, can we have a couple of volunteers? Roscoe can be one of them. Can you come up, please? Abby, would you like to come up? No? You, well, I'll, you don't have to. You stay there and I'll come to you. And um, what, what's your name? Okay, right. so we'll, um, we'll, I'll come down to you as well. So we've got, Roscoe's going to be one person. How many talents is Roscoe going to get? He's going to get one talent. I can have more. Thank you, thank you very much. That's it. And, um, and you're going to get two. Thank you. Okay. And Hadi is going to get those. There you go. That's the master's resources. See, he gives coins out, if you like. The servant who received the five talents began to invest the money. Say invest. And earned five more. The servant with two talents also went to work. Say work. Work and earned two more. But the servant who received one talent dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. I know, I know, it's awful. Then... The master returns. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. Say his money. His money, because it's the master's resources, remember. The servants whom he'd entrusted the five bags came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags to invest. I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. I will now give you many responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who'd received the two bags came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags to invest and I've earned two more. He gets told the same thing. That's the master's rewards. And then there's the master's rebuke. Then the servant with the one bag came. And said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. See, he thinks all that the master's wealth just kind of happened somehow. He doesn't know how he got it. I was afraid. I was afraid. That's an important word. That I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. If you knew... Or you thought, if you like, that I harvest crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it because that's one way money actually does grow, isn't it? You work with it, you invest it. Then he ordered, take the money from that one servant. He's eating it. Kind of proves my point, to be honest with you. (laughs) Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten. 
So those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> Hands up if you've ever heard this parable before, the parable of the talents. Some people, it's just like your least favourite parable in some ways. It's not a nice one, is it? It doesn't sound very fair. But there's so much in it. We're going to unpack it. Jesus says, there is a man. We discover soon he's a very wealthy man. And he goes on a journey. We don't know how long he goes or where he's going, but we know that he goes. And he calls together three servants and he entrusts his property to them. The word entrust is really, really important. See, entrust, it doesn't mean just hold on to and keep it safe. It means use it. It doesn't just mean don't lose it. The master says, I know what you can handle and I'm entrusting to you. I'm giving something of mine to you. I'm entrusting some of my resources, some of my gifts to you to care for. I want you to manage them the way I would manage them, the way I've grown them myself, the way I would want you to, to use them. I want you to make the most of it. Make the most of it. Use it, invest it, do something with it to grow it somewhere, somehow, like I've done all these years. And of course, talents include singing and arts and all kinds of things that you might go on Britain's Got Talent for. But that isn't all it's about. In fact, every person in this room has been given some talents. Every person in this room has been given gifts, individual to you, that maybe nobody else in the, in the world has got quite the same gift mix as you've got, because you are different than anybody else. You, maybe you've got a gift for business. Maybe you are creative. You think different to other people. You can see solutions that other people can't see. Maybe, and as well as all these practical gifts that you might have, you, you have spiritual gifts too. The day you open your life to Jesus and say, fill me with your Holy Spirit, you start to develop gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been given. But the, the point is, sometimes these can be undiscovered and sometimes they can be unused. We don't all have the same gifts but we've all been given so much to be thankful for. What did God give you in 2017 that you didn't have before? How many new gifts? How many new blessings? How many new opportunities? Because comparing and jealousy about what somebody else got that you didn't get will only make you go and bury your own. It will only make you stop using the thing that God gave you. When you start to complain about what somebody else has got and you start to compare, actually what we should be comparing is what we didn't have before we got it. That's what the comparison should be, because that's when we're going to make the most of what we have. When people heard the parable at first, you see, they, when they heard talent, they didn't think about gifts and talents. They, they thought about money. In fact, a talent was a measure of weight of how you weighed riches, because that was what they did. So one talent is about 33 kilograms, 75 pounds in old money, 
If it was gold, I checked that that one talent is worth today 1.4 million pounds. One talent. Before we all start going, oh, about the one who only got one talent. Imagine the, the master just gave him a great big heavy gold ingot, a big bar of gold. That would be worth 6,000 denarii, the average salary of 6,000 days work, all at once. 16 and a half years wages, all at once. That's one talent. How much is that for you? 16 and a half years of your salary. Five talents would be everything you need to live on for 82 years. So that's what they're hearing. And you might think, well, what master would be so generous as to give those kind of things to his servants? To which Jesus would respond, well, how old are you? If you've lived to be 16... Who gave you everything so far? If you live to be 33, who gave you everything so far? If, you're, if you have lived or you intend to live to your 80s, who will give you everything every year? So this is a wise master, and he gave them what they could handle. He doesn't give them more than what he thinks they can handle. He gave one five, he gave one two, and he gave one one, because he knows their capacity, and he gives them opportunity according to their capacity. And as they use it, their capacity increases for more opportunity. Then it says, immediately the first servant knew what to do. Like he made the most of everything that had been given. He invested it, he put it to work. He didn't keep it safe, he didn't lock it up. He took some risks. He used what he was given. He used all that he was given. He didn't, he didn't just put, he didn't go, well, here's five, so let me have a little reserve fund. No, he used it all. And he doubled it. So now that's over three million pounds that he's got. The second servant did the same. He doubled his master's money too. It didn't just happen. He worked it. Because it's not what you got, it's what you do with it. In the end, that makes the difference. What you do with the opportunity, that's what matters. And he gets praised by his master. But the man who'd received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. See, in those days, people would do that. That's why, obviously, these days, we'll find like a treasure trove sometimes. Some person will be out with a one of those things, those metal detectors, and they'll stumble across something and they'll dig it up. And it's somebody who took treasure and buried it in the ground, thinking one day they could dig it up and find it again, but then they died. Or there was a war or something happened. And they never got to be able to get that thing that they buried. It must have taken a lot of work to bury a talent. Some people work really hard at burying their talents. Why did he bury his talent? Maybe he just thought, oh, this is too big for me. Maybe he just thought, well, I can't really handle it. He says he was afraid. What was he afraid of? He was afraid of his master. Why would he be afraid of his master? He thinks he knows what the master's like, but it turns out he doesn't know what the master's like at all. Maybe he just put it away for a day. If he's anything like me, he actually thought, I'll not do it today, I'm busy. I'll put this in the ground now. I'll leave it a bit. In a week, 
in a month, in a year, in 10 years. And then he's like, where did that talent end up? Where did I even put it? And this is like, he says, after a long time, which is like a really long time, the servants must have wondered, is he ever coming back? And then the master returns, verse 19, and settled accounts with them. He's like, okay, I'm back. And he's only got one question. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I entrusted, specifically and personally, to you? It doesn't matter about the other people. What did you do, what did you do with the treasure, the talents that I gave you? I hope you remembered that they weren't yours in the first place. I hope you remembered that I entrusted them to you. What have you done with the opportunities that I've given you? The first and second guys began with the end in mind. They didn't forget one day they would give an account. So when the master returned, he said, well done, because you've been what? Faithful. Not successful. Sometimes people can be all about successful. But this is what faithful looks like. And then the music changes. If it was a movie, when the third guy steps up, the millionaire who dug a hole in the ground and buried his million... He's up next. What does he say? I was scared. I buried it. But at least I didn't lose it. And the master's like, yeah, you did. You lost it. You didn't use it. It was useless. It's made you useless. I, I knew you. I knew you could handle this. I gave you this because I knew you could handle it. And instead you buried it. Why did you bury what I gave you? Why didn't you use it? So you might as well take that off him because he's never going to do anything with it anyway. Take it off him. He's a waster, literally. Take it off the waster. Give it to the worker. And we're like, hang on, Jesus, that's really not fair. We all like fair, don't we? Or at least we would say, well, don't give it to the guy who's got ten. Give it to the guy who's got two. At least start and make it seem a bit like you're trying to be fair in some way. Why would you give it to him? He's already got so much. Why would he give it to the ten and get even more? But the parable isn't about fairness, you see. And if we want it to be about fairness, we miss the point completely. Jesus tells us exactly what it's about in verse 29. Here's the point Jesus wants us all to get as a new year opens up. Whoever uses the opportunities God has given them will be given more opportunities. And whoever does not use the opportunities that God has given them will lose those opportunities and somebody else will take them. And that's the way life works. I've talked before about how I, one day I had an idea for a book. Great idea for a book. Bible Bad Guys came into my head and I was like, oh, that's such a great title. And I went home and I roughed out chapters. I had all kinds of ideas about how it could be and all of that kind of stuff. And I had that idea and I sat on that idea and I sat on that idea. Never actually type the book and then one day I went to a Christian conference looking around and there's my book on the bookshelf but it wasn't written by me it was written by somebody else Bible bad guys I even looked at it they've got the same chapters and various things in it and I'm like oh god I was like that was my book and he went no that was my book but you didn't write it and he did don't complain about it don't complain about what you permit And I was gnashing my teeth. I know what gnashing my teeth means, because I did it. 
at that point. Say this, I am talented. I don't mean me, I mean say it about yourself. Ready? You are. You've been given talents. And you'll be given more. What are you doing with them? What are you doing with the opportunities that God gives you? Let me tell you why this parable is so important for everybody here today. Jesus' question is, what did you do with what I gave you? Last year, 2017, had so many opportunities. As a church, the opportunities came thick and fast in this year of acceleration. When the year started with Ivy Fallowfield, as it was then known, having its doors closed, there was an opportunity to shrink back and to bury what we had. But Tim and Ollie and the team stepped up in faith and said, let's use what we've got. Let's use what we've got anyway. Let's use this and let's see the opportunities that are disguised as problems and let's do something with this. And let's keep on looking and praying and keep on serving. And, 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 it, and, and God opens up something that we could never have imagined that they would be now in the student union, in the bar, in there, in the, in the, in the academy. It's unbelievable. That's going from one talent to ten talents, by the way. Right there, isn't it, in terms of opportunity. Should we thank God for that? Yeah. And Sydney World suddenly say, we want three times as much money for the same gig and no extra time. And, and, and we have a choice. We can get angry and nasty and protest against them. We have the choice when Ben says, we feel that God is calling us to go and start something that's not going to be in Ivy, to declare him a heretic and never say we're going to speak to him again. We could bury all our talents like that. People do that kind of thing in church, don't they? You know, that could become a split, a church split. It could become nasty, because people can be nasty in churches, believe it or not. It's a choice. Or we can say, these are opportunities. Our God is generous. Our God is good. He's a good, good father. He's not a nasty master. He's a good, good father. It's who he is. And because we know who he is, we know who we are, and unlike that third servant, we can take some risks. We can believe God big, not little. So we don't bury anything at King's Way. We dig it all up and we use it all. We take some risks on some new leaders in some new places as we overflow. We don't bury, we overflow. And now loads of people have joined and found Jesus who would never have joined us if this hadn't happened. And at the same time, many people who used to come to Kingsway, perhaps because there wasn't really a place for them, have started to roll up their sleeves and get involved in a team because they could see the gaps and they've stepped up and filled them. And now they're enjoying being part of a team in a different place, part of Ivy Fuse or Sharston or Merseybank. Or I also want to thank Dr. Robert Varnum and Matt and Lucy Round and all the rest of the core team here at Ivy Didsbury who have done a brilliant job. of taking what they were given and doing it, doing something with it. That's faithfulness. That's what it looks like. And we keep looking for new places and new ways for what God has, to use what God has given us, not to dig a hole. In, uh, we're, gonna, we're at the start of an incredible opportunity in the city centre for a new kind of congregation to start soon right in the centre of town. 
in a, an amazing building that we could not in any way afford to buy, but God's possibly, oh, well, it looks like he's going to be open then open the new year, that we could be able to use a building. See, when you use what God gives you, he gives you more. When you use what God gives you, he gives you What did you do with what God gave you in 2017, good and bad? I'm not going to t- tell you until tonight, if you're coming, what next year will be the year of, but I can tell you this. We will be given lots of opportunities in 2018. The question is, what are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with the opportunities that God gives you? Are you going to look around what other people have got and what you didn't get and sit and moan? and you know, Are you going to start working it? More and more. At 12 o'clock as 2018 starts, God will give everybody here over 30 million seconds, which is the most precious thing, the most precious resource that you could ever get is time. There are billionaires who are dying who wish they could have a few more weeks So the question in 2018 is not, why didn't I get as much as that person? The question is, God, why did you give me as much as you gave me? Thank you. Now, what do I do with it? What do you want me to do with it? How do I use what you've given me? How are you going to use the opportunities, the gifts, the talents that God has given you? Starting this year with the end in mind means that you, you, you don't need to wait until the end. You can check in with Jesus right now and ask him, how do you want me to do this? What do you want me to do? In your family... Taking and making the most of what you have. As you start new relationships this year, if God puts somebody in your path, you need to have an idea of where it's headed, that relationship. You need to think that through. Most importantly, is this somebody who's going to walk with you and walk with Jesus? Start with the end in mind. You'll be given opportunities. You might be given job, job opportunities. Who do you work for, really? What are you working for, really? Do you give the master much say in what he wants you to do with the time and the talents that he gives you? In a moment, I'm going to ask you to do that. To lay it all down before him and say, I'll go where you want. I'll do what you want. At the start of a new year, I'll draw a line under 2017... And in 2018, I'm yours. Everything I've got, everything I am. And don't say this if you don't mean it. It's a big prayer. A big, old, scary, dangerous, hairy kind of prayer. <laughs> if we love the praise of people more than the commendation of God, that will show us who we're really working for. If it's just about the money... That will show us who we're really working for. Is there something you need to stop? Is there something you need to start? Is there somewhere you need to go? Make a goal, have a plan, do the work, invest in yourself perhaps to learn, to be able to be that person that God is calling you to be. Is there a course that you need to start? Maybe it's starting a daily prayer time. We've been, you've been wanting to do it. You've been waiting to do it. Today, Zoe and I just finished doing a year, Bible in one year. We finished this morning. We've done it every day. I'm busy too. And it was great to finish that off and go, thank you God, one more year. 
we've read through the whole Bible in one year. Nothing strengthens a marriage like that. And one day soon, Jesus will return. So start with the end in mind. The master asks, and this is all he'll ask, what did you do with that one life that I gave you? And then what did I give you with the wife or the husband that I, I gave you? What did you do with the children that I gave you? What did you do with the money that I gave you? What did, I, what did you do with the ministry that I gave you? He's not going to ask somebody else. He's going to ask you. What did you do with the ideas I gave you? What did you do with the strength I gave you? What did you do with the abilities I gave you? What did you do with the opportunities that I gave you? What did you do with what I put inside you? Did you bury it? Or dig it up and use it? How much did you leave in the ground before you ended up in the ground? That's all he wants to know. Why? Because he wants to reward us. That's the great thing. It's not because he's looking to tell us off. He wants to reward us for what we did with the resources and talents and opportunities that he's given us. Imagine what it will be like one day, one day when you meet Jesus face to face. So about now, at some point, Facebook, if you're on it, will probably give you a review of your year with photographs. Won't it? Various photographs that will kind of maybe sum up something of your year. But one day, we'll sit with Jesus and we'll go through, he'll go through with us the whole of our lives. Everything that he's done, everything that he's given us in our lives. I want him to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what's most important for me. I want him to say to me, you've been faithful with a few things. What will we do with what gives us, God gives us in 2018? Could you stand if you're able and we're going to start to pray? Because in Acts chapter 2, Peter talks about what's meant to happen when the Spirit comes. It says, when that happens, young men need to have visions. Young men and women, they need to have visions. Old men and women need to dream dreams. Not looking back to the past, but dreams of the future. You can't have a dream looking backwards. That's only going to be about regret. You have to have, that's a waste of a dream. You have to have a dream about going forwards. And this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He moves us forward always into what is not yet. Do you want to please God? Who wants to please God in 2018? Thank you, Jesus. Here's how we do it. Have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what the Bible says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Does that sound unfair? He doesn't, he doesn't hold animals to the same account, standard, as he does humans. They don't have to do anything to please God. He's pleased with dogs and cats and sheep already. But humans, he's looking for faith. He's looking for trust. And this is what it looks like. Because faith actually is what restores that image of God inside of us and restores our humanity. And I want to pray this blessing on you as we go from a year of acceleration into the next year of what God wants to do. And so many things that have happened in this year, I bet you, that we've never expected. But God had them all on his calendar. None of them were like, oh, like that for God. And I know that he knows he's got things on his calendar for 2018 for you too. And here's what I believe he wants you to know about 2018. 
So add the blessing. The way you add the blessing to your life is by faith. By, when I'm praying this is to say, me too. Yes, I want that. Do not underestimate what God wants to do in your life in 2018. Do not underestimate what God can do through you in 2018. Don't leave undone one thing that he wanted you to do. This is your year. When you say that, this is my year. This is going to be my year. What, you know, is there something you need to dig up from 2017? Because actually, God told you to do it and you've not done it yet. And as I've been speaking to you, he's been reminding you, write the book, paint the painting, go on the trip, whatever it is, do it. Don't, don't come to the end of your life thinking, oh, if only, and I wish I had, and waste it. Work with it in 2018. Don't sit on it, don't bury it, invest it. Use it, work it, increase it, invest it. And now may the Lord make you like the one with five talents. So that the five that he gives you now, you will work with and invest and see blessing and abundance in 2018. So that you get the five back and double it and more and more and more as you use it and invest it, that you start to see God's multiplication unexpectedly. That you would get 10 and 50 and 100 fold what was sown into your life. So that there's an overflow, not just for you but for others. So that you are a servant who is wise. And not only a servant but a son and a daughter as you enter into the joy of your master. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.